Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Pater! Pater! Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pater, a Penn State football show. Along with former Penn State and NFL quarterback Matt McGloin, I'm Tom Hannafin. This show was brought to you by our sponsors, Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Pater. We're big fans of Funk Citrus IPA and Silent Disco IPA, but also check out their Funkadelphia Southeast PA style IPA. And of course, the pumpkin ale. Enjoy a little autumn in the summer. But don't forget, coming in September, it's our official beer, the Pater IPA. Funk has so many great beers to choose from at their tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York in Pennsylvania. You can find a variety of Funk Brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Visit funkbrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Also, Pater is brought to you by our partners at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting to props and futures. Head to betonline.ag today or use your mobile device to join and place your first bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Paydirt is presented by BetOnline, where the game starts. And of course, head to shop.believe.com, that's shop.believ.com, and search Paydirt for our two t-shirts. One has the official show logo over the heart. It comes in white, navy blue, and black. The other is a navy blue t-shirt. It's got the Paydirt wordmark over the heart, and on the back, it's got Matt McGloin's name and number, reminiscent of the 2012 Penn State football team, which, of course, with this season, will be celebrating the 10-year anniversary of the 2012 football team. So again, head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.believ.com and search Paydirt for our two t-shirts. A little bit of housekeeping here for all you fans of Paydirt. We are going to be doing our first ever live version of the podcast on Wednesday, September 14th from Funk Brewing's Emmaus, Pennsylvania tap room. We will be live here on YouTube. We will turn that around into an audio only podcast. We'll get that out hopefully later that week. But we're so excited about this. We want to give a big thank you to Funk Brewing. They've supported us for the bulk of the life of this show. Our our heart and our, our gratitude goes out to the founder, John Norman, who's really been behind us ever since day one. And we wish him a speedy recovery at the moment. Uh, but we're so excited about this because we'll be there. We're going to be able to chop it up with all the fans there in attendance. We're going to be able to talk Penn State football, what's going on with the team at that point in September. And we're going to enjoy the Paydirt IPA. I, I literally can't even explain how excited I am that we have our own beer. It's the coolest thing ever. And our silly cartoon faces are on there. And at the same time, if you're drinking the beer and you want to listen to the show, there's a little QR code on the side. It's absolutely fantastic. So that is Wednesday, September 14th. Um, we are going to get you more information as to what time we will be there. But head to funkbrewing.com for information on their Emmaus, Pennsylvania taproom location. So that's what's going on with that live show. I want to talk about what's going on with our syndication with ESPN Radio State College. 
We are, of course, going to be moving into having our recap and preview episodes regarding all the games once the regular season gets underway. Uh, We're still going to bring you all these fantastic player interviews that we've had throughout the offseason. It's been such a fun, rewarding experience, and we want to continue to bring you these conversations on the podcast version of the show. For ESPN Radio State College, we will not be on Thursdays as of September 9th. We are going to be moving to a Monday, Friday schedule as of Friday, September 9th, and then Monday, September 12th. We will be on ESPN Radio State College on Mondays and Fridays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern. We are very excited about this. We're going to be bringing you guys a lot of information in the lead up to these games and then all the reaction that you know what we did last year uh hopefully we're gonna have a lot of good to talk about so we'll see what happens but again um stay tuned with us on social media and we'll continue to talk about this in the weeks that come uh in regards to when we're airing on espn radio state college and it's very important to turn on notifications subscribe comment like us please uh because we're going to be pushing out as much content as we can as the season rolls on um speaking of content we're going to keep things going in regards to player interviews we're going to keep things on the defensive side of the ball earlier this week we had penn state linebacker jason cabinda and on this edition of pater we have former penn state defensive end jack crawford Joining us here on Pater is former Penn State defensive lineman Jack Crawford. Jack, would you call this retirement now? Or are you just chilling? Are you biding your time? Like, what's going on in your life? Um, well, I'm definitely retired because there's no way I could go back and play football in the shape I'm in right now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm retired by default. But, um, you know, it was um, <clears throat> the stage I'm at right now is uh, it's interesting. It's a new chapter. I'm sure that uh, McGloin could speak to this in, in the terms of, you know, I've been doing something, even though football, American football wasn't my, it wasn't a sport I played growing up. I, I've been doing it for the past maybe, four, I say 14, 15 years. So, you know, I had a schedule laid out for me every week, pretty much. And right now I'm in a, you know, I'm in a situation where the first time in August where I'm kind of at home, you know, waking up, not thinking about football, not thinking about my body, how much my body hurts and stuff. So, you know, it's good. It's also tough not to have like a direction, you know, like a, you know, to have a, um, you know, specific job or I guess a specific uh, task that I'm trying to get done for the day. So it's a new space I'm in, but I'm enjoying it, man, I have to say. Right now at this point in time, you know, uh, what is your heart pointing you towards? What What's something that interests you? Um, you know what? It's tough. Uh, it's tough to, I guess I, I, I didn't necessarily know exactly what I would want to step right into outside of football. You know, I've, I've been looking at a lot of players I came into the league with or players that are older than me. Um, and even like a, an example being Matt, you know, uh, McGloin there, because he's kind of, you know, left his playing days behind him, but also kind of stuck in the, you know, he's staying relevant in the game and now he's kind of moving on to more of the broadcasting side. And, um, you know, it's tough to envision myself doing anything else but football while I was in it. And now I'm in a new space. It's, um, you know, my philosophy is that you kind of have to try something before you figure out whether you like it or not. You can't sit around all day thinking about what you want to do. you got to try a little bit of everything. So, um, you know, I've been doing a little bit of... Um, you know, I'd say broadcast work myself, work on TV back in the UK, um, where I'm originally from. 
and um and um i've uh you know i've you know i've kind of liked it you know i didn't think i would but you know it's been uh it's been a cool experience so far so uh, i've been speaking to a couple networks back in the uk and um you know we'll see what happens this season you know maybe i'll be able to kind of uh solidify myself or, or kind of you know get a little bit more experience in that world well matt you've had the chance to work with sky sports i imagine jack crawford you know English born guy, that'd be a shoe in right there. Matt, what's what was it like for you when you worked in the UK covering American football? Yeah, and that's a question I actually had for Jack because I I have seen him do a few things in, in the broadcasting world since he has you know decided to retire. And uh, you know, I got that, you know, brief gig um over there, Jack, through uh the NFL broadcast boot camp. Right. Okay. I, oh, were, really? Yeah, they were okay, wow. uh they were pleased with you know what I was able to do over you know the two or three days at the NFL, you know, broadcast boot camp and you know, they, you know, wanted me to go over, um, you know, for, for a weekend there and cover a few games for Sky Sports, which, yeah. which is awesome. And I've gotten to, That's awesome. you know, I've gotten to you know, know and, and keep in touch with Neil Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, Neil. Yeah, that's my um, guy. Yeah, yeah, he's an awesome guy. He does a fantastic job, man. Yeah. So I, I would love to have, have the opportunity to go back over there and do some, oh, more, yeah. do some more work because I think they do a heck of a job, man. So, you know, I hope yeah. you get, I hope you get that opportunity to join them and be a part of that crew. Cause again, they do a fantastic job. Yeah, man. And it's, um, the way it's growing is, yes. uh, you know, there's so much opportunity to, you know, to kind of get that experience over there and the understanding of the game is different there than it is here in America. People are still learning the rules. People are still learning the rules in America, but even in the UK, more so people are still learning the basics of the game. And if you can, if you can manage to translate just the basics of the game to the audience over there, including all over Europe, then, you know, there, you know, there might be an opportunity. There's an opportunity over there. Um, So, yeah, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was a, it wasn't something that I was considering when I was playing, but I, I, you know, I have to say after doing a couple gigs that, and I don't know if Matt would agree with me here, before I went live, whether it was a broadcast or when I went, you know, I did a show on TV on the BBC and um, I got a little bit of like, I got butterflies in my stomach. I got a little <laughs> bit nervous and it was almost similar to the feeling I got before a game. Now, before a game you, in your head, you're going, you know, you kind of, you think you're going into war. You know that there's a physical aspect to it. So it's a little bit different, but before I went on camera, before we went live on the radio, I got a little nervous. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's what I miss most from the NFL is having something at stake, having something at risk, you know, going into a position where I could do well or I could do bad, but it's still a, um, you know, a real time position of, uh, you know, having to perform. You know, I think I got more nervous, you know, in front of, in front of <laughs> yeah, the camera yeah. than I did right. than I than I did playing. You know, just because like, you know, you understand how important time is. You know, being in that being in the broadcast world, like, all right, I have to make my point. I have to get out. We have to move on. Here's what I saw. I don't want to continue to ramble, but at the same time, I want to be able yeah. to teach the game. Right? Here's what's yeah. happening. Here's what I'm seeing. Right? You know, and and sometimes I do get long winded. Um, but that's just that's just me. That's who I am as a person. Um, but again, I want to be able to cover as much as I can in a short right. in a short amount of time. But but for you, Jack, like having the opportunity to play here, um, 
you know, all these years and, you know, moving to the United States in, in, in 2005 and playing football since then. And for you now to possibly, you know, go back home and work, you know, for, for NFL UK and Sky Sports, like that's like, that, that's a home run for them because yeah. you, you can help in so many different ways. But like, again, you mentioned they're still learning the game and learning how it's played right. at a college level or NFL level. You've done both. So I mean, again, yeah, ha- having having somebody like you on their crew would be huge. Like we're talking about, you know, the NFL and college, like broadcasting, radio stuff like that. I can't imagine what Tom had to go through for nine years with WWE, and you know, Tom, talk a little bit about that. Man, you know, it's interesting because you guys talk about, um, you know, we've done so many of these interviews, and it's you develop that camaraderie with your your teammates. And for me, it was my my co-hosts, my broadcast partners. And then it's like, all right, I'm not putting my body on the line, which I think for you guys is a big plus. Now that your playing days are behind, it's like, oh, I don't have to get hurt. But honestly, when you develop those relationships and you're live, and for me, I had the opportunity to be in front of millions of viewers for things like WrestleMania, Monday Night Raw, SmackDown. I'm very fortunate. It's terrifying because you know how many people are watching and listening and then producing the show. So you don't want to let those people down. But those people that you're on the air with, whether, you know, Jack, for you, it's working in a studio or for Matt, when he's in the booth or on the sideline, like you don't want to let your co-host down. And when they back you up and maybe they bail you out of a situation where you're unfamiliar or you stumble a little bit or and then you just have each other's backs, like it's the same type of camaraderie that I felt playing sports when I was in high school or as a kid, right. it's just very different. And Jack, uh, you know, for your purposes, uh, nobody's going to be cracking you in the head or anything like that. So it's a real plus. Yeah. yeah. And it's, um, you know, I, I think there's just a lot of similarities, man. Any job where, you know, you have a buildup from preparation, 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 game time, you get that feeling that we got in the NFL, in football, any sport, when you've been preparing for this moment. And, you know, on the other side of it, after you perform, you go back and watch tape. Like, you know, I hate watching my, I never watch myself in interviews. Not that I hate it, I just did it and I didn't think twice. But when I had a position of broadcasting or hosting a show, I went back and watched myself and I'm like, ah, you know what, I didn't, I could have did that, I could have done that better. I could have said that, you know, I could have narrowed it down a little bit more. You're critiquing yourself. And at certain times it gets hard to watch. You're like, man, you know, I just, I should have handled that better, you know? And it's no different when you play a game, when you're playing football, you're watching tape. You're like, why did I make that decision? You know, what what could I have done differently? And, um, you know, that's, that's the beauty of it, man. That's the beauty of it. It's just practicing, practicing, getting better and better. And I'm seeing that improvement. And it gives you a new appreciation for the people who have been doing it for a long time too. You know, I've seen some people and they're like, oh, wow, they're so good at this. It's, you know, I didn't, I didn't appreciate how hard this is. You don't, yeah, you, you, you never remember the good things that you did, like never. on the field or in the booth or on the sideline, whatever. Maybe you only remember the few moments where right. you should have said this, you should have went this direction, or you should have went that direction. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. But yeah, I, I, you know what, just to that point, sorry to cut you off. Um, I can't tell you how many times in my career I was convinced that I was getting cut that week. Every day. I, I felt thought. like I was <laughs> every day. I can't tell you how many times I was waiting for someone to come up to me and ask for my playbook. And I was going to go after upstairs and have to thank the GM and the head coach um, and then pack my bags. It just happened every week. And um, 
you know, it, it, I think it's part of that quality when you kind of beat yourself up mm-hmm. a lot about your performance. It kind of tends to help you stay in the stay in the position you're in. It helps you get better. I mean, as 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 hard as it is on yourself, I think it's a quality that I think a lot of the people who play at a professional level who are able to perform at a high level have. And a lot of the people who are so confident when they come in and they think they got it down, they're typically the people who are just fooling themselves and they don't last very long. Sorry, Matt, I didn't no, mean to cut the, you off. The, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Jack, because the only time I thought I was safe, I got cut. And that it's that was it because you like Tom. I'm not sure if I'm, I'm not sure if we've talked about this on the show before, but like in the NFL, like if your phone doesn't ring, that means you made the team. Yeah, that's yeah. a terrifying that's thought true. where yeah. you're just staring that's at it true. all day. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Like I said, I remember very my true. I remember like my mom calling me on those days. And I'm like, Mom, you can't you can't call me right now, all right? Because I got my phone in my hand yeah. all day. Please, yeah. you can't. Please don't call me right now. Uh, I know. I got, I, like, I would- I would turn my phone upside down just just for a split second of <laughs> while I'm still on the team for an extra second while I turn the phone over. I was thinking, <laughs> yeah, I was I was thinking uh, Kansas City 2018. I was thinking I was safe. Um, made the team on a Saturday. Told me how great I was, how great of a job yeah. I did. Sure yeah. enough, about ten minutes before the first meeting, week one, I, no. I I get a phone call from a number I don't know. I don't answer it. I get a text a text message from the same number. Hey Matt, bring your iPad. Come on upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. And then they try to tell me, they try to tell me like, you know, we want to bring you back in a couple days and stuff like Mm. that. So they didn't bring me back, but no, no, no. I don't listen to that. All right. So Tom, you're going to love this. So like, obviously I've been, I've been, you know, friends with Jack now since our freshman year at Penn state. So 2008, right? Jack? Yeah. 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 Um, and I knew he used to be a rapper in London, right? A lot of people don't know that. Oh, I Jack, didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got to yeah, hear this. Yeah, yeah. Jack used to be a rapper in London. But Jack, I had no idea. I, I had no idea that you and Daniel Radcliffe, a.k.a. Harry Potter, was a school together. Oh, man. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my claim to fame. <laughs> that's my claim to fame. That's, um, that's incredible. Yeah. So I was at school, at school called City of London. Um, I actually transferred there. Uh, my dad got me into this school. He wanted me to go there. And so I was, I can't work out the years as far as schools in the United States versus uh, secondary schools in England. But I was probably around 11, 12. I'm not sure. But either way, Daniel Radcliffe uh, transferred into the school about a year after me. And we were in the same class. And he was rarely there because he was always filming uh, Harry Potter. At the time, Harry Potter, it was like the first one. So the book, I guess, had blown up. But, you know, I knew the name, but I hadn't read the book. And I didn't realize it was going to be like <laughs> blockbuster. Yeah. You know, this is like timeless. Um, anyway, yeah, he was in the class. And, um, you know, we weren't, I wasn't like close, close with him. But we were in the same class. He's very short very small guy um you know now i don't know if i ran into him if he would remember me now he's on like hollywood billboards and stuff but um yeah man we were in the same class and uh yeah i guess that's uh i thought, uh, I, thought he, you know. I thought he'd be giving you premiere tickets and stuff like that but uh <laughs> yeah i know man. maybe i should try dm him so yeah uh, so talk like talk to us about like from that time on until you know 
coming to the United States in 2005, you came here to play basketball, right? And there was an international transfer rule that said you couldn't play. So you decided, well, you know what? I'll go and play football. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. Um, So I came here to play basketball and I was going into my sophomore year in high school. And that year, New Jersey implemented a rule that international foreign exchange students had to Initially, they had to sit out 30 days if they came and they were going to, out for a team. Doesn't matter what team, but for basketball anyway, they had to sit out 30 days. That year, they changed it to the full year. So that, that year, my sophomore year, I had to sit out. I couldn't play any sports. And during that year, you know, I went to – I was able to practice. And I went to practice. I went to all the basketball games, just sat on the bench or in the stands, whatever. And then I ended up going to – the football games too, because they would, football games would be right off the basketball practice. And so the host family I was living with, um, their son would be in a football team or like the JV team or whatever. But so I would stay through that. And we would, I would know a few kids from the basketball team who were also on the football team too. So we would just stay and like support them um, for the games. But that's when I first was like introduced to American football. That, and I guess, you know, a little bit of like TV. I remember watching like the um, Orange Bowl, the uh, national championship that year, I believe. And that's when I started to kind of get into the sport and under- learn the rules a little bit. And um, yeah, that was really my introduction. So talked about you a little bit about your recruiting process and at the end of your senior year, why Penn State? Okay, so... <clears throat> I guess when I started playing my junior year, that was my first year going out, like playing the game, uh, going out for the team. The coach in my high school, at St. Augustine High School in uh, New Jersey, he just said, what position do you want to play? Because he just wanted me to come out for the team. He just said, pick any position you want other than quarterback. And so I said, everybody was telling me, you'll be a good defensive end, you'll be a good tight end, whatever. I just said defensive end, and and I said wide receiver. So that's what I ended up playing. But um, after my, I finished my junior year, I, hate, I hated football. I hated it. I hated that it was outside and it was in the cold. I hated that it was like a physical sport. You know, you're running around hitting people. Um, you know, it just felt like at that point that the season never ends. And I was over it. I was ready for basketball to start. You know, I was thinking to myself, I'm not going to play this sport again. I tried it. Now I'm moving on. So I played basketball that year. This is both both uh, seasons in my junior year. After I get done going into my senior year, I had about maybe one offer for basketball from like a local school like St. Joe's or something in uh, Philadelphia. And then I had about probably about 30 offers wow. for football. Wow. You know, I had all the Big East, all the Big Ten, um, a few SEC schools, um, all the ACC, you know, ACC schools pretty much. And so that was what kind of brought me back to football because I could see that there was potential, even though I didn't even like the game. I could see (laughs) there was potential and it just made sense. Like to me, it was my best bet at making it professional, you know, in any sport. Um, So yeah, for me, it was, um, it was that interest when I had coaches coming into my school every day, you know, asking me, bringing me aside and I clearly didn't know the sport that well, but they didn't care. They just saw that I could run and I was big 
And they were like, yeah, you know, you're the kind of kid we want to come to our school and this and that. Um, but I decided on Penn State ultimately because most importantly, I think at the time, it, was, um, it wasn't that far from what I considered home. Like my host family lived in New Jersey. And, um, you know, I had already kind of been through the transition of leaving where I was comfortable in London to a different country. And that was pretty hard at the time at 16. So I didn't want to move again. I felt like I had just become close to my host family, like really close. And I made friends in New Jersey and just locally. And I just felt to myself, I didn't want to go too far. I still want to be able to drive home on the weekends. Um, and then secondly, it was because of coach Larry Johnson. I mean, he had put a lot of players in the league. He, you know, he had a reputation for getting guys, building them up and, you know, giving them a shot to play at the next level. And that's where my eyes were from the beginning. You know, I, I was, I just thought to myself, whatever it takes to get to the next level, I'm going to go through it. I'm going to do it. And um, yeah, I think it was a good, it was a good uh, position and situation for me. Are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to Smack Apparel and check out what their team is geared up for this football season. Their Let There Be White tee is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with the worst tee for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball every fan is covered head over to their website smackapparel.com and use the promo code paydirt at checkout for 10 percent off again that's smackapparel.com promo code paydirt at checkout why wear boring when you can wear smack flat should describe your tv not your tv sound experience your entertainment like never before with the new sonos ray this compact and easy to use soundbar puts you at the center of shows movies games and more with crisp highs and precisely balanced bass breeze through setup with help from the sonos app you can even use your own remote for control and when the tv is off stream music radio podcasts and audiobooks from all your favorite services visit sonos.com that's s-o-n-o-s.com to learn more it, yeah it worked out it worked out just fine for you yeah, uh, yeah. Jack, so how many organized football games had you played when you started getting those offers oh i guess 10 because i think <laughs> that's in high school is like 10 <laughs> so yeah i mean my first game i lined up offside every play and um, defensive end didn't come natural to me. I mean, wide receiver came a lot more natural to me than defensive end because, truthfully, running and catching, being a basketball player, running and catching a ball, it was it just felt more natural as opposed to um, hitting someone, you know. And I played rugby growing up, so it wasn't the physical part of it. It was just, you know, as a defensive lineman, using your hands and, you know, tackling somebody head on in rugby you know you're side to side whereas football is head on that was that's not natural and that has to be learned and to me it took me I mean all the way up until you know in the NFL I still struggled with you know good form tackling so um you know it was it was a uh 
for me, it was, um, you know, that was a hard adjustment to make. Sorry, this dog's barking. <laughs> You're all good. Barking in the background. And then um, you, you talked about having an interest in playing on the offensive side of the ball and very much in traditional Joe Paterno fashion, you know, a, a recruit comes to campus and it's like, let's dabble with a little bit. So your freshman year, you were, I think, listed as both defensive end and then tight wow. end. And you're doing a little yeah. bit of both. At what point yeah. was it like, OK, we're done with the offense. This is strictly defense. Yeah. So, no, that was um, it's a funny story, actually. So I used to just leave. I used to leave campus when we first got there. Matt knows that, um, you know, we would have the summer session and it would be like the off season workouts. And then as you go into training camp, they want you at the school. So they didn't want you leaving campus, especially the weekend before training camp. But I was like, I'm leaving anyway, because any chance I got to leave Penn State, I would leave and I would go back and visit my host family. And so, uh, yeah, that weekend before training camp, they told us, don't leave campus, don't leave campus. I get, to, I get into the car, I get into my car and I'm leaving campus now. As I'm about to leave campus, I get a uh, text message saying that I forget who from, but they want me to report to Joe, Joe's office. And so I'm like, oh, shit. They got me. I'm like, <laughs> they know I'm about to leave campus. And I was like, I'm about to get in trouble. And I was thinking to myself, I was just thinking, you know, preparing for the worst. Um, so I go to Joe's office. I meet with him. I'm thinking to myself that they saw me leaving campus or something. And he just tells me that they were, they liked, they were impressed with my workouts that summer session. And that they wanted to move me to tight end because they think that there's a better chance that I could play and help the team my freshman year as a tight end. And so I was like, oh, I just, to me, I was barely listening. I was just happy that I didn't get in trouble <laughs> for trying to leave. <laughs> and so I go back, I visit my host family. I tell them that they, they thought that there's a better chance that I'll play my, my freshman year, my true freshman year as a tight end. And, um, you know, I didn't know how to feel about it. You know, I like Coach uh, Coach Jay, Coach Johnson, but um, you know, I, I was also kind of focused on doing whatever it takes to kind of get the experience first. So any playing time I could get, I was gonna, I was gonna go forward and do it. And um, so I go away for the weekend. I come back up to Penn State, and as we're getting ready for practice, and now I'm a tight end. All of a sudden, I'll be getting ready for practice. Coach Johnson comes up to me and goes, "Now I got you back on defense." He goes, you're with us. He goes, you're not an offense. <laughs> so I was a tight end for a weekend while I was at home with family. And then, uh, you know, I was, I was uh, moved back to defense that, that after that weekend. So I never actually got practice in at tight end. So, um, yeah, man, that's the story. What if? What if, right? Hey, what if, man? I'm not good at blocking. That's what, one thing I do know. <laughs> it all worked out in the end, uh, obviously, yeah, based yeah. on a lot of factors, as we said before. <laughs> um, as your time at Penn State is progressing, obviously, and Matt knows this, 2011, things get very, very complicated at Penn State. Yeah. Um, but just through your time, you're having a ton of success and you're being added to these lists of great defensive linemen that have come through Penn State. Um, when you reflect on you know yourself and that company, how do you feel about it? Um, that's tough to say. You know, I mean, I guess um, I never really looked at it from that perspective. You know, I, I think uh, you know, I'm sure Matt's the same way. It's, it's um, you know, it's a tough environment. You know, playing college football, you you put a lot of pressure on yourself. I always felt like my career 
my time at Penn State was like a roller coaster. Like I had a really big sophomore year. Even towards the end of my sophomore year, I started to plateau. I started to struggle a little bit. And I couldn't get the same numbers I could at the beginning. And then my junior year, I ended up getting hurt. I hurt my foot. My numbers went way down. I played through it and I just couldn't, you know, get the same success I had the year before. Um, ended up getting surgery uh, after that year. And then my senior year, I came back and I had a little bit more success. But, um, you know, we're just so hard on ourselves as athletes, man. You just want to be the best. If you, if you don't have the mindset that you want to be the very best, then the chances are you're not going to last very long at all, no matter what, you know, level of performance you're playing at. So I would say that, you know, I never really considered myself among the greats of Penn State because they had already solidified themselves as a great. You know, you've got Tamba Ali, Courtney Brown, you've got um, even, uh, you know, some of the players that played before me. You've got Jared Odrick, uh, you know, Aaron Mabin was performing really well uh, for a couple of years before me. A lot of these players, Devin Still was playing really well. You know, I mean, and I wasn't always just comparing myself, but I was hard on myself in sense of like, you know, I got to be better at this. I got to be better at that. It's just so hard to look at the positives when you're in it. That only when you kind of get to the other side of it, now I can look back and say, you know, I was good at this. I was good at that. You know, I think this is the one maybe attribute that helped me play this long or helped me, you know, get to um, get drafted or, or survive in the league or, you know, perform at a level like that. So um, it's tough. It's tough to, to really, um, you know, fully comprehend how you're doing at the time because you're always so hard on yourself. Are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. Maestro's has beard washes, beard oils, beard butters, plus hair gels and pomades. It's one brand for every man. Visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com and use our promo code paydirt 15 paydirt 15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Maestro's Classic, crafting a better you. You know, one of the things, Jack, like, and obviously the older we get, you know, um, I, I think when you do look back, the more you realize, like, at, at least for me, it's like you always wish, one, you had more time. Like, two, right. two, you wish you could have did more. Yeah. You, you, I mean, you wish, you yeah. know, you made this throw or you made that throw or yeah. you, you reacted differently to this situation or you reacted differently to that situation. But for me, like, what – you know, helps me is that knowing that like I worked as hard as I possibly could, right. right? I was the same person every single day. I was consistent every single day and I gave it my all every day. Right. right. So like there's right. no, I have no regrets when it comes to the game. And I think yeah. that that's what helps, you know, yeah. former athletes be able to move on and, you know, embrace that next chapter um, yep. of their life. And for you now, as you prepare for life after football, talk, talk a little bit about some of the ways, Joe, Larry Johnson, Right, being a Penn State student athlete, how did that prepare you for life now after football? Yeah, um, I think that's a I think that's a good talking point. I think that, and I think about it often now because I'm out of it. I'm out of football, and I'm you know I'm trying you know I'm leaving that world behind myself. One thing I will say is that um, there were parts of my career in college and and in the NFL where I've been miserable miserable to the point where 
like I said before, how many times in my professional career that I felt like I was getting cut, you know, it being in um, Penn State thinking that, you know, they're going to bench me. They're going to bench me. I, whatever I had before, I've lost it. They're going to bench me and move on. I have been benched. But, you know, I, I will say that there's something in that feeling of being miserable and being down that I've felt that I've always grown from it. I've always able to kind of process it. And instead of quitting or becoming self-destructive, which I've seen a lot of people do, um, you stick with it. And you stick with it no matter how, you know, ashamed you are of your performance, no matter how embarrassed you are of being benched or cut, you know, no matter what, you know, you think that the world is kind of crashing down around you and you're not as good as you thought you were, you stick with it. And eventually, every time I've been in that situation, something's clicked. And I've either figured out how to play a position better, play, you know, uh, pass rush better, you know, figure out, I guess, the strategy of the game better. I've picked up on cues more. I've, I've been able to kind of deal with the feeling of not being good enough, stick with it, and then seeing something, some positive feedback. And that, to me, has always led to my best, my biggest success is the really hard times on the other side of it. I've always had a um, some form of growth. And for me, that, uh, you know, that constant kind of pounding and, um, you know, constant just wearing down of the Joe Paterno kind of old school philosophy. And then you've got Coach Larry Johnson, who doesn't give you a break in our individual drills. And, um, you know, constantly being tired and beat up is a, um, for me, moving forward in life, I mean, whatever job you're going to do, you're going to feel down at a certain point. If you don't, then you're probably not putting much up for risk. So whatever job you do, you're going to feel like you're being beat up, like you're dead, like you're not good enough. And for me, it's just, it translates. It translates across the board as far as, you know, sticking with it, seeing it through, and then hopefully kind of reaching some form of uh, growth and success on the other side. It could be in broadcasting. It could be in, you know, whatever, whatever profession you're looking at, you know, you can, you, you take the steps forward and it's, it, it kind of, relates the same way as it does to, to football. That is a spectacular outlook on life altogether. <laughs> so I'm thrilled to hear that's what you took away from your time at Penn State. You went on and you had a career in the National Football League nearly exactly a decade. And, uh, you know, it's a career most people would kill for. So uh, we can't thank you enough, Jack, for coming on the show here. And if you ever want to continue working on your time as a broadcaster, you're welcome to come here on Pater on Absolutely. ESPN Radio State College and just kind of chop it up a little bit. We're excited about the season, so we'd love to have you back. Oh, man, I would love to, man. I love, you know, working with Matt. I think Matt's doing a great job. Um, I've been watching him. Um, it's very, uh, it's very, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's just very uh, reinforcing. It, it gives me uh, hope to see somebody who's kind of stepped out the game and, and kind of just kept moving, you know, forward in your career. That's what it takes. I mean, being a retired player now, I can't tell you how sad it is when I see a, a bunch of players who've made a lot of money in their life and they just can't you know they can't figure out what they want to do in life and 
you know, you start to realize that money isn't everything, man. You need to kind of challenge yourself. Yep. And um, so seeing Matt kind of take those steps forward, it's encouraging to kind Thank of see you, somebody who can, um, you know, translate and, and, and kind of just adapt. So uh, keep doing your thing, guys. Uh, you know, I love being on the show. I like talking with you guys. Um, I'm trying to put football behind me. I don't love talking about football all the time, but, <laughs> you know, talking with you guys makes it easier. We appreciate the time, man. Thank you very much, Jack, and best of luck to everything you got going on. Cheers, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.